Hello and welcome to the Ripple podcast. Now that the entries have been chosen, we've been trying to interview a few of the participants. I'm Raven. And I'm Maya. And this week we're here with Annabelle and Stan. We're starting off a little differently with some readings from the authors. Here is Annabelle reading from her pieces Hourglass, followed by The Circus Tent. Hourglass. When the world died, all knew it was coming. Tears spilled from bare souls. Strangers clutched strangers. The silence had begun. All screaming stopped. All screaming stopped. The silence had begun. Strangers clutched strangers. Tears spilled from bare souls. All knew it was coming when the world died. Circus tent. Nobody loves her. She has feet, gills and fins. Girl dressed in pink, swimming against two thick glass, wide-eyed little fish. In her glass box full of water, bubbles floating free. Clouds swallowed under red and yellow, dripping candy on the outside, blank eyes blink on empty faces. Tackling children pummel glass but yank coins back again. Angry adults call her fake. Nobody remembers her, too tired to swim. Bubbles pop around her, floating upwards, belly first. Here is Stan reading from his piece, My Artistic Colleagues from Around the World. Good morning to you. The one sipping coffee, every minute to stay awake, bringing tobacco to flame to fill in the heavy pasts. The same ones pouring hearts out on a blank piece of paper. The ones stretching out to move the shadows and talk beauty with their bodies, bouncing beats through their veins. The same kind of people whose ears soak in music and their vocals fill other hearts, making people shiver. All the implied hands shaping a nothing out of clay into a something beautiful in its own way. People whose eyes capture every view that is scenic and hold the brushes tight, painting the world anew. Every single outcast spraying walls for the fun of it, but also to create something that is for society an artistic gun. All the digital children shifting keys and mice heart just to create a different virtual kind of art. Everyone else I just so happen to forget, but no one else should, for we don't want them to regret that they're born for an industry where people have to fight to show the world that they have what others call an artistic delight. A world where money helps none, nothing covers the expense of hours spent in darkness, thinking what to do and change next. But people will see your art and praise you for your ways of taking something beautiful and leaving it behind with your name. Now, even if you're alone after a day filled with felt attempts to create this beautiful art that's begging to escape your brain and no one excites over your work, lay down and rest, for tomorrow is another chance to breathe and use your gift. Good night. Is this your first time submitting to Ripple or similar anthologies and publications? It's not my first time submitting, but it's my first time getting in. <laughs> so I have submitted my, because I do creative writing and have done here at my undergraduate degree. They did say, please submit every year. And every year I would just pick something that would maybe fit one of them and not really put that much effort into throwing something in just so I could tell Adam Barron that I'd done it but then this year 
because I finished my undergraduate degree, I graduated in the summer, kind of, I could look at everything that I had more carefully and I put a bit more thought into submitting and it was the first time I had the courage to submit any poetry and it got in. Oh, amazing. So that a little bit harder work <laughs> paid <laughs> off in the end. Yeah. Um, cool. So were you submitting prose before? Do you work on both? Yeah, um, because I also did literature, prose just came up a lot more often anyway. Often word counts were longer, so it was easier to trim a piece of prose into the ripple word count than anything else. Did you find it easier this year because we didn't have a specific theme? Did that help you in submitting? Yes, because I never really worried about the theme because I was just submitting because I was supposed to so I'm pretty confident that is why they always said no you should not be published because I did not (laughs) take the theme into account so I guess this year it worked out in my favour. Well that's good to know from our side we're always (laughs) concerned that maybe that was something that would affect this year's Anthology. Yeah, we knew we didn't want to do a theme, but then we were like, what if we did do a theme? And it was a matter of debate for a little bit. Um, so it's good to know that there's a positive to not doing a theme from submitter's perspective. I liked it, but <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> we'll take that to Kathy. <laughs> exactly. So I applied last year. Um, I submitted a piece last year for the ripple. Um, it didn't make it through, but to be honest, now looking back at it, it needed a lot of work. And I'm proud of myself for um, just working hard on my pieces and just getting better at my writing here. Um, in terms of other anthologies, I haven't really submitted anything yet. No, yeah. Sometimes you need that initial like knock back the first time to really get your yeah. head in the game and be like, this is how this is how I need to improve. This is what I need to work on. And then, yeah, sometimes second time's a charm. No, it was definitely a boost. It was a motivational boost to work harder and like try out other things, for example, because my poetry back then was a lot shorter. Um it wasn't really following the show, don't tell rule. Yeah. What was the inspiration for your piece? Um, basically, I had an encounter with another student from the science department, and they were kind of saying that my course wasn't as hard as theirs. Yeah, (laughs) which really made me think about my course. And it's not about how hard it is. It's it's about, like, I want to do writing because I've, like, as I mentioned in my piece, everyone's born for a specific kind of thing. Like some people are born for painting, some people are born dancers, singers. With time, we all just find out what our true strength is. And that's what you then want to do. Like I actually never thought of doing university, to be honest. I was just doing reception work back home in Austria. But then I just wanted to change my life completely. And I just picked something that I was good at. And 
I don't know. It's 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 not about how hard the course is. It's about what you want to study, really. And that made me think like a lot of people in art are underestimated, and we shouldn't really do that. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. I feel like my entire life has been a battle between sort of myself as someone that's more in the arts and humanities bracket of the world versus so many of my, I went to a science and technology school yeah. so everyone I was surrounded with was constantly like they were very like maths and science focused like those kind of brains and they'd never quite appreciate actually the hard work and the technical skill that goes into like the creation of art it's it's the same as with engineering it's just putting it into something different I mean an engineer might say I'm wrong but I think there's still there's that level of development and creativity and yes yeah, skill that's necessary to be a successful writer for example because you need to sometimes learn from from the greats and from those that have been in the industry longer and you also need that sort of flash of creativity as well. Definitely no I've heard a lot of times how society shapes our courses as the arts or creative ones and all other courses are like the smart courses and it's not really I mean <laughs> I don't know like art is really beautiful and it sh- it, it should be like embraced <laughs> definitely and I think it's so impressive as well that I'm, I'm assuming that um, English isn't your native tongue as well so the fact that you can create yeah. such beautiful written artwork in a second language is like that makes you a smart person if I've ever heard of one (laughs) thank you yeah it's yeah no um I've had a lot of uh, work to do on my pieces because of some like how I express my words in a certain way because I speak two other languages actually so it's all a mixture in my brain and sometimes I just literally translate words in from a different language but that's why it's good to have the feedback of um, lecturers or friends. Do you ever write poetry or creative writing in any of the other languages? I've tried some experimental poetry with German and some shorter poetry in Bulgarian as well. But I, since I was really young, I've always felt English as the proper language for me to express my feelings and write in a way which I really struggle with in the other two languages oh that's so interesting and also that's, I yeah. you um how you said that you can't just translate words and and sort of phrases into another language like directly because you have to like think of all the cultural connotations and how sentences fit together differently in different languages and also sort of regional phrasing as well that there's there's always a different way of doing things you have to kind of start from scratch certainly yeah (laughs) both Raven and I were part of the judging team and everyone had (laughs) everyone had really sort of differing opinions on Circus Tent and what that was meant to represent and uh, who the central character was and whether they were a fish or a human or it, whether it was a analogy or real and yeah I'd love to know where that came from where that idea is from that's so cool that it sparked thought <laughs> I've heard people ask me about their poems and wondered if I had any deep thoughts but I guess I did more at the at the time but they were both written for previous assessments so I was constricted in that aspect 
So for circus tent, I wrote it when we were studying surrealism and the grotesque. So it was really inspired by Angela Carter and especially her Nights at the Circus um, book that we were looking at bits of. So I really just wanted to create a character who was distorted and completely different and really sort of inhuman but was also a little girl who was you know a child and should have been outside of the glass with the other children looking at all these things but she was stuck inside because she was different and was you know eventually you know she dies at the end just because she can't get out and she's just trapped in there so that was what that one was inspired by I don't know what everybody thought when they read it yeah I think it was a question of whether this was actually a real fish girl don't know if that's where I put it. I know I that it was the Fiji mermaid, which is I don't know if either of you are familiar with that, but the I Fiji know. mermaid was like a very early carnival attraction that was a monkey and a fish taxidermy. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, it's like gross, but like that was a very common side show thing where it's like we have a real Fiji mermaid and it's a monkey and a fish, and I was like, it's the Fiji mermaid. <laughs> yeah, I guess but I was trying to work um, out whether it was actually something yeah is it a little girl or a fish or a mermaid or an analogy for someone something. who's just a bit different and is struggling with a part of their identity and feels trapped by differing from the norm and it's almost yeah it's yeah we had a couple <laughs> water pieces so I know we kept moving between the different water pieces talking about that stuff wow yeah. everyone likes to add a bit of actual ripple of water <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that that's so yeah. cool <laughs> accidentally really relevant <laughs> <laughs> and what about hourglass what was your inspiration for that hourglass was mostly informed by the structure of poetry I really wanted to write a palindrome poem where you could read it forwards and backwards and it's exactly the same words but a different meaning but I also really want to do a concrete poem I really couldn't decide between the two. So I ended up doing both at the same time. I ended up with kind of writing it with all the nouns and the verbs first and then filling in the blanks because it was easiest to have it make sense that way. And then once I'd had, I wrote about the end of the world, I could have it as an hourglass like they were running out of time. So that was that one was mostly informed by its own structure. What's a concrete poem? Sorry, I'm so dense. <laughs> <laughs> I know what palindrome is, but I don't know what a concrete poem is. A concrete poem is just when it looks structurally on the page about the subject of the poem. That's really cool, though. I really liked Hourglass. I thought it was neat how it looked like an hourglass and was a palindrome and stuff. Like I thought that was all done very well and was very cool. Thank you. It was harder to do the first time than the yeah, other Yeah, I can imagine. Do you have any writing tips for aspiring creative writers listening? I would say my main writing tip is just to try writing in like every style because if I hadn't have tried writing poems I would not have got into Ripple (laughs) clearly because I didn't so I just think if you don't try everything then you don't know what you're good at because you might already be pretty good at something but you might also be good at a completely different type of writing And also just doing any kind of writing can help you feel motivated in your preferred style. So even though I mostly write prose, writing those poems really helped me 
feel motivated to keep on with my prose, even though they're completely different styles. So I think that's really important. And also don't think too deeply about a first draft. <laughs> None of those are good. <laughs> Two solid pieces of advice there. I like the idea of sort of trying out different styles and different forms to sort of work out what works best for you as an individual. Definitely. It's, uh, it's all about writing more. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's quantity over quality sometimes. Yeah. Um, listen, so I'm still learning <laughs> all of that. So I'm not sure if I can really give some proper writing tips. But what I always advise people is to try out new things. Because poetry, I started with last year in March during lockdown. I was feeling really depressed and down and I had a lot of feelings and emotions I wanted to somehow let go of but I didn't know how to and I was still in my foundation year so going into creative writing I was thinking maybe I should start writing now before going into creative writing just to experiment with some writing styles and I sat down and I started writing something and I just stopped and it it, it looked like a poem. So then I just started working around poetry a lot. And honestly, it's it's such a beautiful thing because you can express your feelings. And it's for me, it's like a time capsule. In in a way, it saves my like how I've been during that period of time and what my feelings were and all that. But also like another advice is to just pursue the one quote I found in our school book, um, Happiness Writes White. Um, just <laughs> dive in your um, experiences, emotions, feelings, everything, and just write, write, write. I love that. Very philosophical. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ripple podcast. We're going to finish up with our usual mini book club segment. It's going to be a bit different this time with our new format so it'll just be a book recommendation from each of our speakers today. I had to think this I hate this question because I read so many books. <laughs> I think I read 50 books last year so when somebody wow. asked me for one I don't know <laughs> but I think. You just I've say been, what's the last book you read maybe if it's easier. Well I think the book that I generally recommend is The Book of Lost Things by John Connolly because that is like modern fantasy but it keeps that really dark style with the original stories and it's young adult so it's really accessible so I generally recommend that to people if they want to feel like they're reading a proper book but still a fun book and I guess if you enjoyed my poem Circus Tent it's kind of in that sort of grotesque creepy but also kind of innocent realm. An interesting combination. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that sounds really good. Thank you. One of my favourite books is Wonder by R.J. Palacio, I think. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But it's this story about the 10-year-old O.G. Pullman. He's pretty much born with a facial deformity. And it's a beautiful story about himself, how he survives through society. It's a story about friendships, about family, about bullying as well. And a really good quote I found there was, I am different because people see me as different. 
and yeah, I would totally recommend this book. It's it's probably published for kids, but I believe it's it's made for everyone because you can learn so much and see uh, things from a different perspective as well. Definitely. That sounds like a really important piece and you can learn so much from children's literature, I think. Yeah. And if if there's a there's a complicated or a difficult topic being explored in a more accessible way for children then I think that's something that we can all get something out of definitely yeah (laughs) thanks to our guests for joining us today and giving the lovely listeners some more insight into their writing process and what it's like to submit to Ripple For news on when you can buy your own copy of the Ripple Anthology, go to kingstonripple.wordpress.com.